I'm clicking to go live. Whoops. Oh, no. All right, ladies. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to another episode of Herspiration Happy Hour. Ladies, are you ready for some cocktails and conversation? Yeah. All right. Well, you know what? Let's get this conversation started. Are you ready for cocktails and conversation? Are you ready for cocktails and conversation? Are you ready for cocktails and conversation? With your host, the unapologetic diva, Dr. G, the girlfriend therapist, Dr. Cortina Lewis, the Blue Phoenix Heels, Louisa Harrell, and the networking extraordinaire, Diana Richardson Phillips. Are you ready for cocktails and conversation? This is Herspiration Happy Hour. Happy Hour. Happy Hour. Woo! Okay, I was back there just that woke me up a little bit. <laughs> me up. Happy Wednesday. This is your unapologetic diva, Dr. G. This is Cortina Peters, aka sorry. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna get it right one day. Dr. Cortina Lewis, aka the girlfriend therapist. <laughs> And this is Diana Richardson Phillips, your networking extraordinaire. Well, ladies, I am the Blue Phoenix. And let me get our drink today. And how are you ladies feeling while I get these for you? We are doing good. Yeah. I'm still tired. <laughs> good, but I'm tired. It's been, it's, it's been uh it's been a, a long, a long few days, a long few days. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not a bad thing. Just a long few days, accomplishable days, but still nonetheless long. How about you Absolutely. ladies? Same here. Same here. I've had um, a long weekend is only Wednesday. So there's right. that. I still got two more days to go, mm -hmm. but um, productive, productive. Yeah. Well, I've been busy. Um, this morning, I took a test and I passed my real estate exam. So I'm a realtor in Florida. Whoa. I can sell houses. Yes, <laughs> about busy. Real estate agent. What? In what in the Sam Hole Hills is going on? Exactly. Multiple what, streams of income. I didn't tell anybody that I was doing it except for, well, of course, my husband knew um, because he was the one that actually last year, earlier last year, he finished his or whatever. And he was like, you know, I'm not really like a people person, but you are like you would be great at bringing up client, not clients. Sorry. Yeah, clients. That's what they're yeah. um, the people in because you have the personality and I'll do all the work on the bank. And I said, you know, I'm like real busy. So I told him, I said, OK, I get serious. I get serious after the wedding, after my Ph.D. program, after everything I had going on last year. So um, last Saturday, I took this cram uh, course and then I would just study for a few days and then I took it and. Yeah, so that's my next thing or what have you. So okay, well, all right. Well, we're gonna come back to that in a second because really? I want to know what we're drinking to celebrate this. Uh, what's the drink <laughs> yeah. for the day? Uh, for this. Well, the the, the drink. <laughs> for the day. So, 
Say, <laughs> <laughs> you just got it all in shock over here, Miss Mrs. Uh, Lewis, Doctor. Uh, <laughs> it's called a, a a white pea shot, and of course, there's no tea in this shot. I don't know about it yet, but anyway, you need half an ounce of peach schnapps, uh, schnapps. You need half an ounce of sweet and sour mix, half an ounce of vodka, a splash of uh, like lemonade or lemon lime soda. Um, so you combine the peach schnapps, the sweet and sour mix, and the vodka in a uh, cocktail glass, I mean a shaker with ice. You strain in a shot glass, and then you top with the soda. And you garnish it with uh, lemon or lime slice and mint. And for the mocktail, we have a cranberry basil sangria. So you need uh, cranberry juice, fresh squeezed orange juice, and salsa water, and also uh, frozen cranberries, an orange slice, uh, apple slice, and basil for garnish. So all you do is combine the cranberry and orange juice in a, in a glass, and you top with the salsa water and add the orange slice, apple slice, uh, some frozen cranberries, and basil leaves as a garnish. Okay. That sounds like a whole lot of sweet. Struggle. It Struggle. does. It sounds a lot like a whole bunch. You know, I, I'm proud to say no, I am I am 25 days sober. Oh, 25 days as in my dry January. And I'm like, oh. My goodness. And when I do sleep, I do find myself sleeping hard as I'll get out. Right? And I don't know if that's a, what that's about, but I am getting some of the best and hardest sleep of my life um, being sober. But so but I, I remember you, Cortina, telling me that you was going to take the real estate exam. I just want to know what what was the trade off to having to add this? Not really one, just D, he not really um, like <laughs> believing me that I was like serious about it because we talked about like you know what we're gonna do this together, and then I really like got into my dissertation and I said I just can't like I don't have the capacity to do anything like this is where my focus is, the wedding and the dissertation, and I said I'm for real like I'm really gonna do it. After all of this is done, then I have more time to focus. He's like, yeah, I hear you. Yeah, okay, I hear you. I said, no, for real, I'm going to go schedule my test. I'm going to do it. He's like, whatever. He's like, you're going to fail because you didn't study. <laughs> I said, oh, E of little faith. He was <laughs> like, you didn't study. And so I said, don't worry about it. I'm taking my cram course. And the first time I took it, um, well, I missed it. Yeah. So yesterday I missed it by two points. Okay. So I sat in the car and mm. I rescheduled again. Cause if I could have walked back right there in there and took that test, I would have. And then this morning I scheduled it for eight o'clock at a different location because I knew I was going to be able to have it. So I said, you got to drop the kids off school. Cause I had a 10 o'clock appointment. They give you three hours to take the test. I ain't had that time. Finish the test in an hour. Okay. Here we go. Okay. Now, now we're all set. So, I mean, I, I'm not quite sure what I'm going to do, but, uh, you know, therapy is that now that is my career. That is my passion. That is my job. So now at least when he's showing houses, I can say something. Cause you know, before yeah. you, you, you cannot like give information. You can't answer questions. You mm -hmm. can't do anything. 
So at least when I'm accompanying him, because I am a little bit more personable than he is, um, and a little bit more like you can add this to it. And, you know, what about this? Have you thought about these options? What about this house over here? I can really, you know. That's right. Spruce okay. it up a little bit because he's really black and white. Like you ever want you you want the house or you don't. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I ain't gonna be showing all these houses and y'all ain't gonna buy one. <laughs> so, oh no. So you know, but I told him, you know, babe, you know, I don't have the time like that. So we're gonna take pictures together, and yeah, we're gonna be the the, the Lewis team. I don't know what. Okay. And it's so funny because I always wanted him to do something with me. So I was telling him he should go get like certified and like, uh, what do you call it? Relationship coaching or something. Even if you had some type of certification and you enjoyed it so we can do it together. He has no interest. Don't want to do it. I'm like, well, if you ain't into it and you don't want to do it, you ain't finna mess up my name. So don't do it. So at okay. least now we have something that we could do together, a joint venture. And I'm saying this, and this is live. Only my mom, him, and my friend Jerry knew. Nobody I knew. No, I'm talking about that I actually was going. Like you probably oh. knew that, but not even our friend group knew that I was even testing, studying. None of that. Yeah, I knew you were going to do it. I just didn't know when. I knew it was after everything. As we talked about it in November when I was there and you it shared, was I was like, I was like, how the hell are you going to fit that in? Like, what the hell? We were driving. <laughs> this was like two weeks ago. We were driving. I said, oh, I'm going to take this cram course. <laughs> and then I said, oh, okay. Can you schedule my test for the Monday? The cram course is Saturday. Can you schedule my test? For he was like, why? I said, See, that's how my mind works. I said, because this is me. If I don't go 100% when something is there, I'm not going to do it because I'm going to lose what I remember. I'm going to get busy. Life is going to happen and it's going to be for nothing. So I'm glad that we we are where we are. And I had like a slower week this week so I can focus because I told him, I said, guess what? I'm going to take it every day till I pass. I don't give it. I don't care. So if I ain't Pass, and I said this test was a little bit different because when I took my LMHC test, I only studied for seven days because I put in my mind if I do not pass, guess what? I could take it again. So I, mm -hmm. I don't like test stress and test anxiety. And so the only difference with like being becoming a mental health counselor, you have to wait until you're able to take it again. With real estate, if you needed to take it every day twice a day or whatever, you could take it when, whenever. And I didn't know okay. that, but I'm, I mean, I know the LMHC test is harder than the real estate exam, but the real estate license is the sixth hardest test in the state out of all yeah. of the different uh, testing certifications for the state of Florida. Wow. So that's behind me. That's over. Now I can focus on work because, yeah. But that's, that's what I wanted to share with you, ladies. I was going to tell y'all last Wednesday that I had scheduled to take my test. I said no, because if I fail and then they're going to be asking me about it next week and I'm be like, no, nah, it ain't happened. I failed. I said, so I am, I'm not, I really want to tell y'all, but I didn't. So I just kept it to myself. And then I was like, oh my God, I get to tell them today. <laughs> well, congratulations. Let me ask you. Diana, do you think you could work uh, like a business or company with your husband? I actually do think I could. Okay. I do think I could. And it's kind of funny 
that Cortina, you bring up real estate because that's something that Masibo and I are looking into. And he hasn't taken his test yet. I took mine for, I took it last year and I failed it by two points. Oh, just like me. And I got discouraged wow. and I haven't gone back. Don't get discouraged. And, but now I'm like, uh, maybe I might take it again, but I'm gonna have to do something because I don't even remember with everything that I have going on. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't remember, but it's kind of flipped. I mean, I'm personable, but I feel like Masibo, my husband, he's a very personable person. I tell him all the time. He has like the gift of gab. He's one of them people. He can talk to anybody. When I say anybody, I don't even like going places with him sometimes because I'd be like, can you just... I just want us to just go sit down, have a drink. You making friends, getting numbers. I mean, I just want to chill. You <laughs> one of them people. So I tell him all the time and we discussed real estate. So he's in the course. I finished my course. I took my test, failed it, got discouraged. So he's wrapping it up. So you gave me a little bit of, that's why I'm sitting here like, mm, mm. don't get discouraged. <laughs> the thing is, I told myself, it doesn't matter how many times you have to take it. Once you have it, it can't be taken away from you. We don't Definitely. know how sometimes we, we wake up and we don't know why our spirit might not be as focused as we would have liked for it to be. What we have going on in the background, that's not our only focus. All of us mm -hmm. on here are multiple businesses and we have all this stuff going on. And so clearing your mind, being able to focus and ground yourself and not getting disconnected. So like mm -hmm. one of the that probably would have been good. Okay, I missed it by two points. Okay, how can I take it next week? Let me remind myself and study the things that I did not get because now with the so much time lapse, you might have to study a little bit more because it's not yeah. as fresh in yeah. your mind. And so finding them, those cram courses, you can go online. Yeah, on that's YouTube. what I was thinking. Like you said, cram course. I'm like, yeah, I would seriously need to do that and find the time somewhere, Lord to do it okay that's a that's a whole it. lot do it you said for her to do it okay do okay because when you do it we could be like yeah okay <laughs> i know we could celebrate look two realtors one what one in georgia one in florida i have I know, no that's desire right. and then guess i don't what? know about if we got patients moving to georgia guess what Referral, okay, hey, period. You, know, you got somebody moving to Florida. Oh, Pam, you can tell your friends in Tampa now. Oh, okay, yeah, I'm oh, yeah. About D. And she was like, oh, okay, yeah, I was telling no, the one you were sitting with. Okay, she good now. Okay, yeah, look, I'll definitely, but don't ever look at Maryland as being one of the places because I have no desire to <laughs> be in real estate at all. So, nope. What about you, Louisa? Would you go into real estate? Okay, I don't know where she went to. Um, so our guest is here, uh, which is lovely because we have Miss Kimberly Lawson up in here, a TEDx speaker, international best-selling author, best-selling publisher, business strategist. I mean, she does so much. She is the CEO of Lawson Learning Academy, which is a company founded on the basis of integrity and dedicated to helping individuals turn their entrepreneurial dreams into thriving, successful businesses, which I mean, hello, we got to all of us are small businesses here. I mean, now we got real estate licenses that are coming up. So this is great. 
But we want to talk about, she has a book called The Power of Why, which is so important when you are doing everything that you are doing, there has to be a really significant and power behind that why. So we have here, come on up, Miss Kimberly. Hi. Hello. Hello, Kimberly. Okay. So, Ms. Kimberly, we're going to have you introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about Lawson's Learning Center and a little bit about what you do. Um, so, um, of course, I'm Kimberly Lawson, and Lawson Learning Academy um, LLC is a boutique consulting firm. I work with nonprofits, schools, local government agencies, and, of course, small business owners as a fractional COO and business strategist. So basically, I am the person who is always thinking about your business and how you can generate more revenue, areas in which you are not maximizing um, your capital potential, but to also be that sounding board because someone needs to tell you when an idea just does not make sense or, you know, maybe there's a better way of doing something. You're not going to get that from family members and friends, but... I'm unbiased and I'm extremely un honest. So I don't mind telling you in a way of, okay, let's look at another approach. Perhaps there's a better way of doing this. Okay, so you're already paying rent on this building. Let's talk about another area in which you can bring something in without adding to the cost that you're already spending. But let's bring in more money because my mind is always working. I'm one of those people who have a hard time sleeping at night because I think too much. Oh, gosh. Sound like uh, Dr. Lewis up there. Yeah. Mm -mm -mm. Yes. Yeah. So what inspired Lawson's Learning Center or Le the Learning, Learning Academy? Academy. Yeah. Um, what inspired <laughs> so... In 2018, my first cousin, who was more like my twin, um, he and I were only six months apart, um, and we literally shared the same life. We were next door neighbors, best friends, classmates, workmates. Um, we graduated from college within 24 hours of each other, just like very intertwined. I saw him on a Sunday. We waved. We didn't really speak. Because um, we were both just kind of hurrying out that Monday afternoon. Um, he posted that he made some changes to his website. I viewed his website and was like, I'll call him later to talk about some sentences that I can help him improve upon. Well, he took a nap and he never woke up from it. And this was nine days after his 37th birthday. Mm. This was five days after finding out that his wife was pregnant with their daughter. Um so it just, it wiped my world out. And mm -hmm. I needed to find some type of purpose behind the pain that I was feeling. He was an entrepreneur. He was a DJ. He was really picking up steam. He DJed the baby shower for um, Latoya that was married to Little Wayne. He DJed her baby shower for when she was having that other baby. He had a residency at Bloomingdale's here in Atlanta. He had a residency with um, T-Mobile um, and Metro PC. So he was really picking up steam when he passed. And so I knew that there had to be a purpose behind it. And so I spent a year reflecting and just really trying to understand what it was that I was supposed to learn. I reflected on the conversations that he and I had. 
And it, I realized that maybe the torch was being passed to me, that it was time for me to uh, move into my purpose and my passion, which is helping entrepreneurs. I had my first job, which was very illegal, when I was three years old. And my mom can attest to that. I mean, it wasn't much of a job, but I did get paid. And I loved it. I started working with small business owners when I was 13. So this is truly a passion of mine. And so um, just kind of sitting and I was like, you know, the thing about it is, is that business owners, there's so much that you constantly need to learn. And so that was just how I came up with the name, Lawson being my last name. And I was like, Lawson Learning Academy, because I do offer trainings and workshops. And so it just kind of, it, it's confusing sometimes because people assume that it's a school or a daycare, but it's really um, a learning opportunity for business owners and nonprofit founders. Okay. Have you ever seen yourself doing anything outside of what you currently do? Like, did you try something else? Let's say, you know, since you were three working with businesses and everything like that, like maybe when you got into uh, early adolescence or adulthood, mm -hmm. early adulthood, did you say, let me try this? And you're like, this is not it. I'm going back to what my passion is or or, or, or what I know. So I um, I was a English teacher for 13 years. So I did do something else. When I came to this revelation, I was teaching. It was only a year ago that I did officially leave the teaching profession. So I never viewed the work that I was doing as actual work. I viewed it as I'm helping someone else, you know, family, friends. Um, my dad was a city councilman, so people would come to him needing assistance, and he always referred them to me. So I viewed myself as just really helping people. I didn't view it as a business. And writing is by far my very first love. I have a passion for helping people, but I, I, have a, um, I just have a genuine love for words. And so I, prior to this, I did publish my first book in 2009, um, Silent Tears, which was a poetry book. And then I followed it up with, um, I followed it up with uh, my second book in 2012. And so those are just things that I've kind of always done. But teaching, it was good at it, but it wasn't that love. You know, when you have that true fire to do something, you hop up out of bed in the morning. You might be a little slow moving, but you're not like, oh, God, I don't want to go to work today. Uh, like, that was me praying for snow days when I was teaching. You know, it wasn't bad work, but I was like, dear Lord, I know that it is May, but if you can just let one snowflake fall here in Metro Atlanta, I'd be most appreciative. <laughs> oh, my. So you're out of Atlanta. Yes, out of, um, well, I am an Atlanta transplant. I was born and raised in Southwest Georgia, but I've been here in Atlanta for many years, the South Metro. Okay, okay. Diana's in the Metro area as well. So that's why I was like, oh, so amazing. Mm -hmm. You know, look at their connections, connections, mm -hmm. connections. Mm -hmm. What's the highlight of the of your current role right now. So in your business, what would you say as you go about helping business owners with their dreams, make more economical sense of where their money is going? What can you say is the actual highlight of what you do? 
What about that do you enjoy the most? Watching that baby graduate. So I view myself as like the proud auntie. You know, when you're, you know, when you're that proud auntie, you have these nieces and nephews, and while they're not yours, you didn't birth them, but you helped to raise them, and you kind of have that proud moment. Watching the clients that I work with blossom as entrepreneurs just really makes my heart sing. I have one that when we started talking, he told me what his goals were. We met not plans. He's been sticking to the plan. So now he, you know, his business during a time of COVID when everybody else's businesses were falling off, his was really picking up and he's in the food industry. So his business was dependent on being out in the public. But the strategies that we put in place, the way that we had his business aligned, he was really ready to just move right into that market of operating on a cashless system. You know, having the website, uh, we took his product and got it back into production because he was selling, um, he has barbecue sauces, rubs, hot wing sauce. And so I was like, okay, let's get in line to get these products back in the store. Like eventually the world is going to open back up. So let's get you ready. So watching these business owners just really come into their own and blossom and be able to send their kids to college, be able to purchase homes. All of these things just make my heart sing because I know that I played a part in their legacy and helping them to take that next step forward and achieve the goals that they want that are not only benefiting them and their families, but the community as well. Okay. All right. So I have um, so a question. You also do media and press. You're the founding COO of the National Black Media and Press Association. How did you go from, you know, loving to write because you also um, wrote the book, The Amazing Adventures of Kimmy, and then now in also press and media. Can you tell us how you went from, okay, Lawson's Learning Academy to the National Black Media and Press Association? So in a um, international summit, I was connected with um, a magazine founder who also had a podcast and a TV show on Roku and her and I collaborated on different things. And we started talking about how underrepresented black media is in major events, you mm -hmm. know, and that they're even when they're present, they're not given the same respect as, you know, other mainstream media. So we wanted to found something that would give press um, education because we feel like part of it is um, the lack of knowing how to build, a, build that rapport to get those invitations to those things. Um, being able to build up your interview skills so that you're able to um, ask questions on the fly without, you know, needing note cards and things to be able to really understand different angles of news stories. And so we founded the National Black Press and Media Association to be that platform to help um, Black media to get into those, um, to get into those rooms by offering opportunities um, for receiving press releases, giving um, all these educational opportunities, connecting them with other PR people, because when they are at the Met Gala, there should be a lot of black press there because how many people of color are attending the Met Gala? You know, when we're talking about the Oscars, the Emmys, the Tonys, you know, we see 
these mainstream media outlets being, you know, posted everywhere. But what about our own media outlets? And so that is how that came into play. I feel like while it on paper, it sounds sort of like out there. But when you think about the fact that every single thing that I do is reliant on some type of marketing and media, it only makes sense to sort of help build up these other platforms so that the representation is there and that we are getting in front of a vast audience. Mm -hmm. So I'm, and it's, it's funny that you say that because I just had a few actual black journalists that just spent their time um, in Sundance in Utah. And I thought that was such a great thing to know that there were so many black journalists covering so many, um, I guess, movies and, and documentaries and everything that is uh, highlighted at Sundance. So just seeing all of those pictures um, and then my, my friends were also taking pictures with other journalists out there. That's how I know it was a couple of black journalists which I was like, this is such an amazing thing because Sundance does have, and it's typically a more white journalists or platforms out there than there are black ones. So you say that, and, and it just, um, it reminded me of this past weekend, looking at all of the photos and stuff that's being highlighted on my friend's websites or uh, social media. Yeah, and social media has been a great tool to give us that, that platform, that voice, you know, Instagram, um, it's really a big one where you see a lot of vlogging now happening. And people forget that some of these uh, media outlets that people want to run to get their reports from started out, you know, just that like TMZ. There was a time when no one took TMZ seriously as being a major news outlet. Now, if you hear news, you're like, well, I'm going to wait on TMZ, TMZ. to report it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and when you hear it, um, it goes there. Like the Shade Room. The Shade Room is one that is on the Internet, um, that's on Instagram, that is growing in popularity. Um, Perez Hilton. Perez Hilton used to be less that he was merely a blogger who trash talked, you know, celebrities. And now he is viewed as a journalist. So mm -hmm. I, I love that you saw that representation at Sundance, and I love the consistency of journalism that I'm seeing on Instagram because we need that because um, a lot of the stories that I see reported and written about by um, Black press that is not viewed as mainstream is actually um, written better than that of mainstream media. Almost every single time that I am reading a story on MSN, I'm finding typos. I was reading one today talking about this college student who was raped and then ran over. And in the middle of this major um, platform that is reporting this news, and it's on MSN, they have the word close, C-L-O-S-E, instead of close. C-L-O-T-H-U-S. And I see this all the time. Mm. I have a question for you. Do you fear oh. that the art and study of journalism is shifting? Because journalism as it used to be, which you went to school for, not just, I just want to blog and write about celebrities and everything like that, but true journalism... <laughs> 
will not really be taken in a serious light because really the way that it looks like now is that anybody, any blogger, any person can just say, I'm a journalist. Um, anyone can say it, but I think the true notoriety comes from being able to show it. Like anyone can be a chef, but when it's time for you to really show it, are you able to produce the quality that is there? An example, there is a, um, a white lady who considers herself to be a mixologist and she does it strictly on like Instagram. I saw her on Netflix on um, on this competition where all of these trained individuals are there who've been studying this craft for years. She didn't make it past the first round because mm -hmm. she was in a room with people who are really able to do it. She was not able to do it. And so it goes into when you go and you look, you know, anyone can go viral one time. But are you consistently able to get these likes? Mm -hmm. Are people consistently coming to you? for the story and then once you hit that level are you able to maintain a level of professionalism that keeps you in the room that keeps people yeah. inviting you back into the room or are you merely just a loud noise that is trash talking so i don't think that it is um dying off i definitely see the evolution in it and that's not a bad thing because once upon a time our only press was a newspaper, you know, and if the news did not get to the printers by a certain time, you know, it had to wait a day or so. Um, then you had the radio and things had to be there and now with the television and things like that. So I see definitely the evolution of it. What I hope we continue to see um, is that these outlets are giving more opportunities to people because I can tell you that I have submitted articles to um, major magazines, Black-owned magazines, and what I was told was is because my articles were very well written and they would publish them if I had a name. Hmm. Really? Yes. If I had a name, the articles would have wow. been publication. I, I yeah. I saw something today that said followers and influence do not determine success. Mm -hmm. You can have a million followers and influence, but that doesn't mean you're going to be successful at what you do. That just means people have access to you or you have access to different platforms. But success is actually working and perfecting your craft, making sure that I'm not spending so much time capturing the audience that I'm not focusing that same energy on actually what it is that I am trying to be successful at. And I, I have to agree with that. Yeah. And I think that a lot of it has to do too with the misunderstanding of the word influence. You know, people look at influence for all these people on Instagram. The definition of influence is someone who inspires others to take action. So if you are an influencer, what actions are you inspiring people to do? Are you are you um, inspiring people to make positive change in their lives, in their community? You know, or are you simply inspiring them to hit likes and to send you? I think on one of these platforms, like you send stars and people get a dollar or something. 
So it goes into what is the messaging behind what you're doing. It always goes back to um, why you're doing something and what your end goal is. What's the difference between influence and affluence? You know, because affluence is when you are actually creating wealth. So you're you're focusing on your business. So you have affluence. And I think in today's generation, everybody wants to be an influencer. So they want the notoriety of being, you know, having all the likes and having however many followers, but that doesn't necessarily mean affluence. Exactly. So people have to really um you know, make sure that they have a clear understanding of the two if you're trying to scale your business. Right. Um, and so, and that's the bigger part of it too. People think that um, wealth and fame are synonymous and they're not, mm -hmm. you nope. know, they're, they're not. And so I like that um, the exposure that you see, I think it was maybe two years ago when the keynote speaker at Morehouse paid off everyone's debt. You know, mm -hmm. and prior to that, I can admit that I did not know who he was. There are so many affluent people in this world um, that you cannot know them all. And those that you really do know, um, they're not as affluent as you think. Look at the fall of Kanye West. I mean, he was a few. He went from billionaire to losing all of the things that he had built over, you know, within a matter of days. And so mm -hmm. it really goes into, again, the education and the understanding, because at the end of the day, anytime that I'm talking to a client, they want to work with their business, I'm asking them, well, why, why are you doing this? What is your end goal? If your end goal is to be rich and famous, I'm not the person to work with you, because I am a true believer that if you are operating within your purpose with true passion, money is going to follow you know, in that sense. And so we have to go back to making sure that, you know, anyone with a platform, like all of you ladies up here, you have a platform, you are an influencer. So it goes into what type of actions are you influencing people to take? What are you inspiring them to do? Are you telling them, you know, to really make changes to operate within their gifts? Or are you inspiring them to seek light? That that's true. So, for example, you know how like everyone is all about mental health and everybody is an expert, blah, 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 blah. So you have like a lot of these mental health experts that have 500,000 followers, 120,000 followers and everything. Something like you were saying, followers do not equate to dollars. I don't have a huge following. However, my practice is full, whereas you have some people who do have hundreds of thousands of followers, but their practice may not necessarily be full because their influence doesn't translate to real life. I have all these followers and all these followers might not even be in a demographic that I can service because I might not be licensed in their state, which prevents me from being able to work with them. So I'm still saying I have openings and I'm always shocked when I, I'm like, you have hundreds and thousands of followers. How do you have availability and, open, and openings? You should have waiting lists. What is happening where your numbers are not following? So that made me think, because Pam, remember I was telling you, I was like, I just got to post every day. 
the way that the algorithms are set up anyway, most of my posts won't even be seen. So why am I putting all of this energy and effort to post consecutively when a lot of the followers that I already have won't see it? If I put that energy into real organic marketing and the people that I already see them telling their friends and whoever and putting real energy into my message and what I do, that is what translates into dollars, not the social media. Correct. Right. Now, I would say this, you know, to piggyback off you, Cortina. So my social media for Clark and Hill Enterprise, girl, when I say it's been months since I since I posted on there, it's not stopped the flow of what I do. Mm -hmm. It's not stopped the show. And a matter of fact, I don't have time. I mean, I have my personal brand that I do try to post to, but in half the time, I don't even be, you know, worried or concerned about that. I think I worry less. I worry more about my my balance in life and the things that I have to do than having to post for the sake of an algorithm. Like you said, whether it'll reach people or not. I I left that thought having to feel like I'm going to stress myself out overwhelm myself with trying to do these videos and, and all of this other stuff because that's what they're saying. Oh, if you want to find the algorithm, you need yeah. to post more videos. And I'm like, that all yeah, sounds that's good, good, but that's it takes thing, right? time. That And I always just wonder if somebody has time to do nothing but make videos and videos and videos all day, I'm like, maybe they're getting paid to be on social media because I don't have that bandwidth. Hmm. I absolutely yeah. don't have the bandwidth. Yeah. And it, I mean, and it, it, it's, it's an endless race, you know, things are going to change over time because once, because that's the biggest complaint now is that they have changed how um, your payment is calculated off of your reels now that things feed right into Facebook, you mm. know, like the ones on TikTok and Instagram now show up on Facebook and people were used to getting big checks off of the videos they were making and now they're getting pennies. You know, mm. all the likes and things like that. So it's one of those things where it, it's constantly changing. But you uh, brought up something, um, Dr. Lewis, that had me, that made me think. So want to ask, because I'm not familiar, are you a psychologist or a psychiatrist? I am a licensed mental health counselor in four states, Texas, okay. Georgia, Florida, and Wisconsin. And I have a PhD in clinical sexologist. I specialize in sex therapy and racial trauma and stressors. So do you recall when, because my background is psychology and professional counseling, do you recall when there was a shift from only psychiatrists being able to prescribe certain medications to now they allow pediatricians yep. to, you know, now everybody has ADHD, you know, everybody's bipolar, you know, all of these things, when you allow the market to be overly saturated, you know, those are some of the things that happen. But the people who are true in it, like Dr. Phil, it's so interesting to me because, I mean, when he became famous, he no longer had a license to really practice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, those things, but people aren't looking at all of that. Again, it goes back to the comment that uh, was made earlier about affluence versus influence, you know, things like that. How do you, how would you have time, um, Dr. Ham, to post videos every single day? I had this conversation with someone, I kid you not, two days ago. She posts on TikTok every single day. And I was like, I don't have time to post on. First mm -hmm. of all, I got to remember to manually do it. And she says that, you know, she makes the videos ahead of time. 
and I hear people saying that, and I probably got 20 little short videos in my phone from one day when I had some downtime in between interviews and my makeup was looking cute. So I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, I have I have like 30 minutes. Let me make some short ones, but I don't have time to edit them. I don't have time to go in and post them. You know, I'm still getting, while I'm in the midst of planning this summit, Women of Influence is happening next Saturday, I still have clients who still need their services to be delivered from me. I still have two children that, for whatever reason, don't bring their school stomach home. When they get here, you know, they want to eat again. I'm like, you just ate it too. Like, use your school stomach. Why are you being greedy? You know? <laughs> but it... It, it just goes into that end goal of these likes and things. I, I, however, am nervous about all of these people who give mental health advice without training. Well, y'all know that's my whole soapbox, and I ain't going to get on it today. Yeah, I know. That's my soapbox, too. I always tell people I am a mental health advocate because I, just, I left doing that way back in the day, but it doesn't change. And I think I left because it was so taboo at the time that, hell, I'd have been broke trying to rely on anybody because it was even hard for people to be able to get time taken off. And if they was mandated to me, it was be it was because they were mandated. That's how they that came to see me. And so that's, that's not a place that you have to constantly fight to get people because that's not the people that want help. Mm -hmm. I wanted, I wanted it to be in a place that you know, that they want to help. So I worked in the school with kids and some badass kids too. You got to be ready for that. I was there for one thing and I'm breaking up fights. I was like, okay, yeah, that's not yeah, something different, but, but it taught me, it taught me a lot about, you know, it made me having a background in psychology and working with people and behavior and all of that. It took, it taught me how to be a better supervisor. It taught me how to be a better mentor. It took me, it, it taught me to be a better advocate because when people talk to me, I automatically ask, Hey, have you thought of therapy? You know, because I don't want to, I wouldn't even want to cross that line because I don't have that kind of time. I, I would like to say, and I know people always say I am, I don't like people like that. I don't like people to have to constantly, constantly, um, not tell you what's wrong, but have people try to accept, you know, the things that are, that, that they can fix that some of them just don't want to fix. I don't have that bandwidth. Um, and I know a lot of that's changed now because people want help, but now I'm burned out that the military burned me all the way out. But I, I'm one of those that I, I have a problem with coaches that cross over, that cross the line into therapy. I have um, issues with people who are, who think they are influencers, try to solicit therapeutic advice that's clinical. I, I take issues with that because of my background. So, yeah. you know, I, go ahead. I believe in, so I, I believe that there's a space for many different types of healers, right? So before mm -hmm. therapists was a thing, we had, I don't want to say soothsayers, but we had community healers and these individuals like that. You had the church, the spirituality, but I do think there's a place for everyone. And I just saw someone who posted, oh my gosh, I did phase three of mental health coaching. And I was scratching my head. I said, well, what does a mental health coach do? If you open up a patient, do you have the ability to really deal with the, the stuff that's going to come up? That trauma. Like, can you do right. that? So 
what's the li- life coach, business coach? That's 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 very different because we ain't talking about traumas. We're not talking about you know your some of them do. I, I have life coaches. Some of them do try to unpack those things. But and- those are those are supposed to be the transformative or the transition. Those are ones who are special. Yeah. So that's what I am. I'm specially specifically trained in that. I'm not gonna. If I was just a life coach, you are not supposed to cross over into that. But what I'm doing, we are in mental and emotional and 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 all that. That's what I do. But no, they're not supposed. To, you're not supposed to cross over. You're not supposed to step over that threshold if you haven't been properly trained. Right, and it would be the same as me giving legal advice. You know, I am I am a consultant in that. I'm a business strategist, and the first words out of my mouth are. I am not a lawyer, so my suggestion to you is that you seek legal advice from someone who is trained because I will not end up in litigation with you. I can make suggestions, and that's what I say. I say these are simply um, suggestions based off of my experience of how a situation could be handled, but I'm not telling you that's the way to handle it. You know, and people will want that, but that, again, that's operating outside of my expertise. I, I have a I have a bachelor's degree in psychology and I went to grad school for professional um, counseling. I decided okay. not to see licensure. I wanted to go a different path. You will not find me unpacking the don't unpack nothing with me. Don't <laughs> really? case your backpack, your purse, leave it all packed up. But like, <laughs> like do not because I understand the dangers of wanting to be a part of the trend and not being properly trained to really handle those things. If I tell you right now, you know, you can trademark something and, you know, oh, this is not trademark. You can go ahead on and you're going to do it. And you end up in litigation. You're going to be looking at me like what? And I'm, you know, and I'm, oh, I Kimberly, not, you, you know, told me. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and that's and that's part of this whole trend thing. I will say that that is one of the downsides of social media is that we see a lot of trends and a lot of challenges that are dangerous. But I feel like this question is going to have y'all jump on your soapbox. But I, I'm curious, where do you stand with pastoral counseling um, as it relates to healing? traumas and things like that. I know that there are pastors who do not have any mental health training that do a lot of counseling when it comes to trauma and their um, various treatments to heal um, mental illness. I enjoy the notion that therapy and Jesus are not in competition. And those progressive pastors who know, like, yes, God can heal whatever you need, but if you need that additional support, the church is behind you for you to go make contact with the mental health professionals that you need. For example, there's one church every year, they always you know, tap me to be on their panel. They have a whole mental health panel. There's a lot of churches that actually now employ licensed individuals to do their therapy because you know a lot of the mega churches they're like really hands off with like you know how back in the day it Mm -hmm. used to be okay the past you're gonna go to the pastor very seldom do people still go to the pastor so i enjoy those progressive 
kinds of churches that understand the therapeutic position of therapists and their importance. Now, when you have individuals who only say you just need to pray it away, I, I don't understand that, right? Because that's almost like you have cancer, you know, you just pray it away, pray it away. But for me, I would ask, if you have faith that something is going to happen, you have to do some type of work. So what is it that you are doing? And I think it's a very dangerous message to send that you are less of a believer because you are asking for help. Because that makes that parishioner feel like I'm disobeying or I'm being disloyal or my faith is second best because I feel that I need to go seek professional help. I agree. To the church to get my taxes done? No. Right. No. Professional. So I don't get audited by the IRS. And if I do, all my ducks are in a row. I think we need to treat it the same way. If I have a cavity, I'm probably not going to say, God, I'm going to juggle this, you know, peroxide or whatever. And it's going to be gone. No, I need to go see a dentist for that. And if I'm experiencing some emotional and mental challenges, I need to go see a professional who has been trained to be able to assist me and help me navigate these negative cognitions that I am experiencing. So I always tell people, look, I'm not here to discredit the church or anything. Jesus and therapy are not in competition. I, I agree with that. It would be, you know, if it's a chemical imbalance, medication is something that will balance that out. And you brought up the point of the mega church, but for every mega church, there are hundreds, hundreds. Of, these, of these little, you yeah. know, but I, I, I like the way that you did word that I, I, I do believe that. And I love when the churches are clear on the fact that therapy and Jesus are not in competition. And I love the movements within the black community of taking yeah. away the taboo of seeking professional yep. help when you are struggling with mental illness. Oh yeah, definitely. Sure. All right, well, we're at the top of our hour. Kimberly, thank you so, so much for coming on um, as a guest today. We loved having you, so informative. Yes. You know, we're happy with everything that you're doing. Can you tell our viewers and our listeners um, that are gonna do the playback where they can follow you, what you have going on? I know you said you had something coming up on Saturday. How can people connect with you? So I am on all social media platforms. I'm on TikTok and Instagram, author Kimberly Lawson. I'm also on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You can um, search for Lawson Learning Academy, and I am there. My website is KimberlyLawson.net. That will direct you to all of my social media platforms, my YouTube channel, um, and we will also direct you to my summit that is Saturday, February 4th in South Metro Atlanta, Women of Influence Summit 2023, um, which is happening. And I do still have a few tickets available, including a few VIP. So that is how you can follow and connect with me. All right. All right. Thank you again for stopping by. And we wish you so much success on everything that you have going on. And definitely keep in touch with us of how we can provide support to you and all that you have going on. Definitely. Thank you, ladies, so much for having me. This was by far a wonderful experience. Time just flew by. I love when it I <laughs>
conversation. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, have a great rest of your week and your weekend coming. All right. Thank you. You do the okay. same. Have a All right. Evening. Thank you. Bye-bye. Oh, this is so amazing. Absolutely amazing. It's all, I, I love when our guests and I could, you know, and all of us could just have such a powerful conversation that's learning and educational, which is why Herspiration Hersper Happy Hour exists. So, Louisa, where can everybody follow you um, and find out everything that you have going on? Uh, yes, you can find me at the Blue Phoenix Hills and um, you can check my pages also. Um, I, if you would like to ask questions about what's going on or whatever, I, I do check my uh, inboxes. Just don't send anything vulgar because you might not like my response. That's all I'm going to say. All right, Diana, what about you? And what else do you have going on? I know you have some stuff I see you promoting out here. So let's get it started. Yes, you can reach me or find me at on Instagram at Diana Richardson Philippus. And through there, you can funnel to all of my pages to include Empowered Women in Power and my organic beauty brand, Bronze Glow Beauty. All right. Do you want to talk about your thing coming up in March? My conference? Yes, because you still yes. have tickets available. Yes. Can you tell everybody about your conference coming up as well? Yes, we do have the Women in Business Networking Conference, which is coming up March 18th at the Sheraton Hotel. Um, we still have some early bird tickets available. They will be, well, they're almost gone, but you have until, ooh, the end of next week to cash in on those early bird tickets. All right. Follow her, y'all, so y'all can get these tickets. It's going to be an amazing, amazing networking conference. Yes, very much so. All right, Cortina, what about you, Miss Realist, Realist, Realtor now? Uh, Therapist, so I am only a real estate agent. Uh, I can't be a realtor because I have not registered with or Orlando okay. Organization of Realtors or NAR National Association of Realtors. So that's the okay. only way you can use realtor. However, I appreciate it because I don't want nobody to hear this. And they found that I just passed my test and then they report me already. I ain't sold not NAM house. And so I need to make sure I, I Put that disclosure and disclaimer out there. <laughs> Somebody don't be well. I wouldn't know. I, I'm not a realtor. I'm not a real estate agent, so I don't I know. know. The I'm talking about the people who gonna be yeah. listening to this. And so, oh yeah, oh, we gonna report her license already. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can find me at the girlfriend therapist on all social media platforms. You can also find me Sex Unveiled, S-E-X-D, Unveiled, and the Noir Center, N-O-I-R, the Noir Center. All right. And you can find me on all social media platforms at I-A-M-D-R-P-G-U-R-L-E-Y, as well as the BG, no, B, yeah, BGBB Kids Red Carpet, which I have coming up starting in March. Ticket sales will start. It's supposed to be February 1st, but it's going to actually have to be pushed back until like middle of February sometime. But it doesn't kick off until it doesn't start until May. Anyhow, um, you know, when you're working with planners and all of that other stuff, they tell you you have to you should make changes. So I do listen to my my planning consultants that I work with. So um, but it's going to be an amazing event. The first the first one is in May of 
think it's like May 14th in Jackson, Mississippi. So that's where we'll be kicking off. Stay tuned. And as you follow the BGBB Kids Red Carpet, you'll stay tuned on everything. You can also follow the Kids Red, the Brown Girl, Brown Boy series on social media platforms that are Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. So, and then of course, for the, for our you know, if you would like to be a guest on Herspiration Happy Hour, all you have to do is go to HTTPS, uh, well, semicolon, backslash, backslash, herspirationhh.as.me. Come on, join us and, you know, come and have some cocktails and conversation with us. Ladies, do you have any last minute things that you want to say to our audience? Oh, I need some of that right about now, Diana. <laughs> I had to pop the champagne today. Cheers. Hey, cheers, Cortina. All right. We will see you all next week, 7 p.m. We will be back. Um, this is our season six. We're just going to enjoy it. And we're, thank we're thankful and thank you for listening and tuning in week after week, especially with all the downloads that we've been getting, you know, for the playbacks. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button if you go to watch it on our YouTube channel. Until next Wednesday, ladies. Cheers. Cheers. This is Herspiration Happy Hour.